Greetings to everybody. This is Coach Melvy. How are you doing out there tonight? What do I want to talk to you about? I want to talk to you about healing and what it feels like. And I'm going to be my own little testimony for you. So healing, is it a pretty word? No. Is it easy? No. Is it quick? Definitely not. It took me over 20 years to get it. Literally about 21 to be specific, I think. Probably 22 if I were to be, you know, exact about it. But 20 no less. So, if you read my book, and I do have a book by the name of What the Hell? A Life Testimony by me, Melvina Ford, Coach Melvy. Um... And it talks about my childhood, um, some of the things I dealt with growing up as a kid, the loss of both my parents at different age, different ages, at different times in my life. Um, you know the different traumas that I endured growing up and going into high school and then adulthood, and some of the bad choices that I made um, due to a lot of tra- a lot of people don't realize that trauma. Uh, causes you to do certain things in survival mode or because you're lost mode and everyone feels like they should have known better unless you walk the path of something some things and I know I know some everyone is not perfect no one is perfect first of all second of all no one on this earth has walked um unperfectly it, it just, just, you know, we've all had to, you know, deal with some things, you know, however you dealt with it, you had to figure it out. And some people have not healed from those things because it's too painful. Some people don't want to heal from it because they just don't feel like they should have to or um, they don't want to do some things that it takes in order for them to heal. Because they think it has to do with the other person, which is not true. You know, like, number one, forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you because even though you say you've forgiven, you can say I forgave, but there's that but. And the minute you say but, you just cancel the forgiveness out because you're trying to find an excuse, you know, just to put it out there to make it seem like you forgave them, but you truly didn't. Truly didn't. Truly. It's just one of those things. Let me hurry up and get this over with so I can go on in my life when you truly have not. And I can tell you how because when we think we've forgiven something and then that person comes back up in our mind or, you know, whatever. We have those same feelings that we had before. The same bitterness, anger, mad, whatever, hurt, pain, trauma. It comes back up again. That means you haven't forgiven that person. You know, when you've forgiven, you've truly forgiven and you've healed. Forgiveness is a part of the healing process. But when you've truly done that, you can think about the situation and it not hurt anymore. You know, um, a lot of us say we believe in God, but we will not walk that path. Because we say, when, because we say well, you know, oh, Jesus is going to have to take care of that. No, this is your journey. This is your path. This is what you're supposed to be doing for yourself, not for someone else. 
you know, this is, Jesus did what he needed to do. He had to forgive a whole group of people for, you know, putting him on the cross. That was painful, don't you think? That was the ultimate, you know, unforgiveness. He, he didn't have to forgive any of them. But guess what? He did. But he was in flesh then, just like we are now. So, you know, I'm not going to speak on forgiveness, stay there, but I just want to tell you that that's a part of the healing process. So if he could do it, then who are we? We're no different than him. He was flesh when he was here. You know, he could have done a whole bunch of things according, but he didn't put his power of intention out there because he was trying to set an example for the rest of us to let us know the path that we're supposed to be going in order to get to the next level of, um, of being with, um, you know, Christ-like. So, what did I go through? I'm not going to tell you the story, but I'm going to tell you what it felt like. The minute it really all started to hit me in the very beginning of it, I was lost. When I was in the psych ward, I had already, I had attempted suicide. That was the second time. And... I was numb. I was lost. Life for me at that point was just mute. I didn't. And I had a son. He was seven years old. I love my son dearly. He was the light of my light. But I felt like I had brought him in the midst of some situations that I probably shouldn't have. You know, what was I? Well, I was asking my own self, what was I thinking? And. How could, you know, what, why, what, what point in life did I lose myself? You know, and I, all I could think of was the love of my father. My father raised me because my mom died when I was three. That's all I could think about was my father. He was my, I was a daddy's girl all day long. I was the youngest of siblings on both sides of my family. And, you know. I was a baby. I was a daddy's girl, spoiled rotten. And that's all I can remember when I took those pills was I want my father. I want my daddy. I don't want to be here anymore. I want my mom. My mom had died when I was three, like I said, but I want my mom and my daddy. I don't want to be here anymore. It was like a part. I, I had become a child again because the world became so bitter and so cold. And it was like I'm re, I, I, I've relived this before. This pain, this pain of people that just hurt people, and you know, and wow, and why, and I don't understand it, and it's confusing, and love is not love, and this is what I was feeling, and over over the years, you know, I even when they took me to the psych ward, and I saw all those doctors, and the only thing they did was. They didn't help me. They made me feel I didn't need to be shamed any more than I was already shamed. You know, I had I was already there on my own. I didn't need anyone else to tell me that. So, you know, the doctors that were there, they didn't make me feel any better. So if I wanted to try to take some more pills, <laughs> they probably would have been, a, you know, the accessory to that. You know, and it makes me think now that, wow, this is how you get the people on the medications and stuff and they're lost on meds because 
you talk at them and make them feel bad, then they feel even worse than they already did. And so now that's like, yeah, I need some pills just to cope with the pain that they feel. But yet they want you to come up out of the darkness and accept it. Well, I can't accept it because you keep throwing dirt on me. And that's what I got out of it. So I I lied myself out of there. Within 12 hours, out of, I was out of there. They brought me in at 2.30 at night from the hospital after me drinking charcoal. And then I was out of there at 2.30 the next afternoon. 12 hours. But I was still lost. I had, I didn't understand life. Again, still numb. Didn't understand so many things. And still suicidal. I just didn't want to go through that process of what I went through when I went there. To the, literally the psych ward, straight up. They put me in the back of a, a white van, I remember, and it was caged. And I just, I thought I was in a movie. But, again, 20 years of unearthing painful memories from childhood, um, teenager, adult, young adulthood. And it just, when you're lost and you're, you don't even realize the trauma that you've been because you just try to survive every day. You get told you can't cry. You know, that's what I was raised as. My dad told me, you can't, don't cry. Crying never solved anything, but that was a lie because when you cry, you're healing. You're releasing these things. You need to get it out. So for a parent to tell you to stop crying, it's like, what? Well, you know, I never was made to feel like I could cry, even as an adult. Someone told me at a church I went to, um, if you cry in front of the men, they think you can't handle your job. What? I think that was so chauvinistic and it showed too because there was one situation where I had to go to a funeral and it was someone dear to me and I had to I went left work and came back because at the time I worked at the church and I was trying to get my mind focused and the person that I was talking to was a man and it was like the minute my emotions seemed like they were about to come up it was like, oh, well, you can go home. You ain't got to stay here. You can go home. And I was so in shock about it. And that wasn't the first time that happened. Um, but I knew that I could not have any emotional bearing. And I think this is a male thing. I don't know. Maybe it is a male thing. where They don't know how to handle when a woman cries. They, they get discombobulated. So... I was lost and then there were family members that they didn't really help too much either because you know they talked at me well you knew better than that you shouldn't have did this and you shouldn't have did that and, and da, 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 da. God, I should have, you know it was like leaving the psych ward didn't go to family house and they say the same thing you know not one time for a long time did anyone hear me my cry my pain I pretty much had to do it all myself and it took me 20 years, the whole process, to realize everyone handled the situation the best way they knew how. And that's exactly what I did. I handled my whole life the best way I knew how. I was raised by a man, so I only knew how to react on certain things. 
You know, I, I only knew how to act a certain way, be a certain way, mentally compartmentalize things a certain way until I found who I was. And when I had that mirror moment, finally, it broke me down in so many pit, bits and pieces. I had to go back and figure out why was I upset about this? Why were I, was I triggered by this? And you know, why do I feel certain things about certain people this way? It was overwhelming how much was unearthed. Even after I wrote my first book, because the first book was pretty much what I had been through initially, but then it was time for the healing, which was the second book. And I'm still trying to finish that one. I was about to put it out, but then something's like, no, you're not finished. So <laughs> here I go again, um, writing the second book and trying to Put some bits and pieces of that together but then i'm realizing so much healing and i'm i am so grateful for the fact that i took the time out to realize that yes melvina you need healing and I th i'm thankful to source the creator for being there with me to help guide me through it all and so now i try to help my son with those triggers as much as i can because he's also on a separate journey can't make them do anything i can only plant the seed and um pray that it goes on good ground but healing is painful healing is not easy to look at or deal with but in order for you to be able to live the life that you want to live and live the life that you deserve to live it's gonna have to be looked at it's gonna take time and it's going to be a lot of tears, a lot of pain. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's 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 going to be okay. That's what I want to let you know. At the end of it, it's going to be okay because it's part of the journey. Learning about how life is here as a human. A spirit living in a human costume basically is what we are. Because this is not our home. Every human on here, we're not from here. And they say that's in the Christian book. But, you know, it's everyone, everywhere. We are only in these fleshly costumes for a temporary time, for an experience. I always envision the Lion King movie and say when they go up the stage play or the play, when they go around and they're in these costumes and they're in these costumes for how who knows how many months to a year or whatever each year and you know they have to play this part become this character and that's what we've done we've become the characters that we're in this body but eventually we're gonna have to hang the body up we're gonna have to hang this costume up and we go back to being who we truly are which are spirit energies and spirit energies have no feelings. But down, while we're down here, we get the experience, the emotions, the, the, the ups and downs, the good and the bads. And through that, we get to understand and experience healing, forgiveness. When we can step outside of it mentally or um, in our spirit mind and look at it from the standpoint of I'm outside looking in and then you see Okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. But it's not real. 
And it's hard for the mind to take that. What do you mean it's not real? This is what I'm feeling. Yes, you're feeling it because you're in a human body and you're feeling it. You're in this costume. But eventually, all of these feelings are going to cease to exist once this body ceases to exist. And your spirit comes out of this body and goes on to its next phase on the, its journey. Whatever you pick. You go back to source, which is the ultimate creator of everything so I made it through it and I know there's my that my journey is, is not not over yet I know that my journey I have a long way to go and a lot more things to experience in life but it feels like a cloud that was is finally removed from me I found strength I found power within myself I found my voice and it feels really, really good. So I want to share that with you because I want to let you know that you too can face the pain. Even though I had to do most of it alone, alone I'm glad that I am being used as a source to help other women to go through the pain but not alone because no one should have to go through it alone although some people do end up going it alone because that's just their journey like it is mine so i encourage you i'm sorry i encourage you all to seek a coach a counselor someone to help you through it because sometimes in order to heal you need to know who you truly are and that means going back to everything that happened in childhood. And you need to have someone who understands what trauma is, who understands that going back is going to take time, you know, and that you don't need anyone pushing you, making you feel bad or shaming you whatsoever. Healing is a process to help you become a better, greater you, a stronger you, not for someone else, for you and to experience what it feels like. So you can share with someone else. So if you're interested in any coaching or counseling sessions or healing sessions, I have meditation healings. I have Reiki healings sessions. But just remember, I am not the healer. I am the source. The, I am the um, medium that is used for the healing because healing actually we, we heal ourselves. Just like the body has the capacity to heal itself if we do the right things for it. If we put the right foods in it and do what we're supposed to do and take care of it, the body will heal itself. And the same thing goes for healing our minds and our spirits as well. We do we are that we are the healers. The only thing coaches and counselors do are lead you to the gate and help you open it and show you through. But you're the one that walks through. So again, if you need if you're seeking any coaching or any counseling sessions, ladies, because that's who I'm speaking to. Or any men that's listening to this, if you know of any women, because that's my actual specialty. I'm not going to turn anyone ever away. So if you are a man and you're listening, you're more than welcome. But it's basically for women, because is the one of my taglines is the heart of a woman. Look me up on Rebirth holistic.com and sign up for your classes you can also find me on facebook under rebirth dimension holistic healing you can find me on instagram rebirth dimension holistic 
and just catch up with me. Until then, you all take care and God bless. <laughs>